Welcome, I'm Faye Waterman, the Conversation Curator, and this is What's Your Superpower, the podcast. And my guest today is Ian Kingwell. Ian Kingwell is a country boy from New South Wales, growing up on a farm. When he left school, he did ag science at university and became a soil conservationist. And moving on from there, he owned a news agency, a sandwich shop, a pizza hut, and so much more. He is a true entrepreneur. Welcome, Anne, and thank you for your time. Pleasure, Faye. It's great to sit down and have a conversation with you and uh, see where it goes. You never know where it'll go. Absolutely. And we're here to find out what your superpower is. But firstly, I want a little bit of a backstory about who you are, where you started off, and how you got to where you are today building on everything that you do now from the lessons you've learned from everything you've done in the past. I guess, uh, Faye, life is a challenge. That's the way I look at life. And uh, I come from a background of growing up on a farm in country New South Wales, a place called Kudamundra, and uh, experienced all the great things you experience on a farm, nature, farm animals, hard work, uh, being you know, having virtually everything you wanted. But I was still just one of those young boys that liked to do things and good education, all that sort of stuff. Uh, left the uh, farm and did an agricultural course and ended up in uh, the Soil Conservation Service, uh, which suited me because I came from the land, which was protecting farmlands from erosion and, and uh, putting in uh, measures to control the erosion that was there. And it was just part of my life. And yeah, as I moved on, it came a time in my life when I was in Bathurst and uh, I was going to get moved and because uh, you only spend a certain period of time in each town or city, wherever you were in the job, uh, they'd move you to another area to get more experience and learn more and add your skills and add skills to other people and as you went through the ranks and things like that. And I had a young family and uh, didn't want to move, so I took the challenge of uh, buying a news agency, of all things. Went from a pretty secure government job, 35 hours a week, all these sort of things to do long, long hours. What? possessed you to buy a news agency? Well, back in that time, um, news agencies actually made money, right? And you made good money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm talking in the days when it was 20 cents for a newspaper and stuff like that. And uh, it was just one of those things. I, I saw the opportunity where I could buy that news agency where I was. I didn't have to move. Uh, it was in a good location. I saw the opportunity to actually build it up and grow it, which we managed to do. We went through a few hiccups from things from being burnt out and things like that. And uh, it created a good foundation for my family to do other things, buy, buy our house and all those sort of things and buy another business and put the kids through their education, all those sort of things. And uh, even when I was there, I even built another shop while I was running that news agency. Uh, both did well. We made money out of it. But I guess it's a challenge. And then I've gone through other things into um, uh, having other businesses, being in sales, being a national sales manager. I just manager. want to stop you. You said you built, you bought another business while you were in the news agency. So what was that business that you bought? Well, actually, one of my friends that I played uh, sport with came into the news agency one day and said, somebody built a food shop in the industrial area. They'd make money. And Ian being Ian said, Hmm, that seems like a good idea. Let's look into it. <laughs> and so um, I went to the council, went to the bank. Bank lent me all the money, 
set up this new this sandwich shop in the industrial area with no competition. My then wife went over and she looked after it. And uh, we did very well out of it. We actually sold the business for what we built, the uh, bought the block of land and the building and uh, kept the land and just kept got the rent after that. So I guess I'm one of those people, if they see opportunity, it's worthwhile, I'll run for it and I'll go for it. It's called yeah. entrepreneurial. Yeah, I guess I've got that entrepreneurial streak. Um, and I think that's I've liked challenges throughout my whole life. Um, what I'm currently doing now is probably the longest I've ever done anything in my life. Uh, I've been with it for 14 years. Other businesses, I've been there three years or four years, built them up, moved on, um, created success and uh, moved on to something else because entrepreneurs, I think, like a challenge. They do. They like Absolutely. something to keep driving them. So what what was your biggest challenge as you were moving through from a young fellow who'd left, left school, gone to university, done ag and worked in the conservation soil conservation area and bought a news agency then built a, a new business in an industrial area what were some of the challenges I mean putting your kids through school working hundreds of hours a week it would be with both businesses because you know when you have a business like a news agency it's 24 7 it's not something that you go from nine to five because there's always the back end stuff to do and everything like that what was your driver what was my well you asked the question of what was my biggest challenge there probably mm -hmm. as well um probably when you're young um it's probably being humble enough to accept that you can learn more but also getting yourself organized and as i've moved on that served me well because i've got myself organized and all those sort of things and Later on, uh, I'm very big on systems and we had two pizza huts and pizza huts have systems or franchises have systems. And that's been something that served me well for everything I've done. And I love systems because it makes life easier. It's like having a calendar when you want to get your day organised. <laughs> if you haven't got a calendar, you're chaotic and all over all over the place. Yeah, true. Yeah. You had two pizza shops. Yep. Yeah. Was this after the news agency? Oh, well, until the after, it was after my shop. first marriage, second marriage. What possessed you to go into the pizza business? Well, they were in receivership and I saw the opportunity to buy them really cheap, which I did. <laughs> I'm talking very, very cheap. And I took the, the attitude that if we could build them up, get them to a certain level, we could move on and make some money out of it. Very hard work. I think it was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life because we had to retrain staff and get systems in place. But we did manage to get them into the top 5% in the state. So I take that as a tick. Didn't get them to the sales where we wanted to, but we did move them on and we learned things from it. And uh, it was just, once again, a challenge, opportunity. You take opportunities, you research it. I'd gone into the research and I had to go through the everything with uh, budgets and stuff like that, um, knowing what you're doing, understanding what you're doing, you got to go through all the training. I can tell you how to mop a floor. You can the best way to mop a floor is with a figure eight, and that's the way Pizza Hut works. Really? Didn't yes. I didn't know that, and I don't want to know. Thank you. <laughs> no, but the reason <laughs> being is you have got to cover all areas, and as you go through all areas, that's the system that works. Yeah. Right. You said one of the challenges was retraining staff and getting staff to where you need them to be and putting redoing systems to get it running and flowing properly 
so that how many hours a week did you work in these pizza places? Well, we didn't actually work in the pizza places because we took them on. I was the first one in Pizza Hut in Australia who actually put the internet on in the Pizza Huts. Right. So I could actually track what was going on. And uh, the, what we had to do is retrain them as far as hours. I was virtually on call from 10 a.m. till 10 p.m. every day of the week, 364 days a year. Uh, not, while not physically there, I was always contactable. But the biggest challenge there was to actually get your staff up to a level where they could actually manage the stores. And whilst you had a manager, you'd also have supervisors and stuff like that. And the approach was that if you're a supervisor, you're being trained by the manager to be able to do the manager's role. And if you're a staff member, you're being trained by the supervisors to be able to do the staff member's role. So we implemented that structure of working together as a team, um, take, you know, working all for the one cause. Not, it's not all about me. It's about everybody. Mm. And uh, when you put that mantra in place, it takes a bit of time changing attitudes. But as time goes on, it does work. And as I said, we got them in the top 5% of the state for service. We implemented some different things and different ideas, which the uh, Pizza Hut franchise it was called Yum at the time. Um, they allowed you to do things outside their standard things and their normal local store marketing and things like that. So we did silly little things like um, toss a boss on Tuesday. And you could get free pizzas. But that was your quiet day. So you got to try things like that. And I think if you can make it a little bit of fun, it also makes it fun for the staff, makes it fun for the people that come into your store. And they feel welcome as well because they're part of your family. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? So moving on from pizza, pizza stores to where from there? I've been into sales and things like that with various industries and been in telecommunications, um, been in field discounting. And ended up where I am now with the um, system to be able to send real greeting cards in the mail. So everything is part of something and it's a challenge and things like that. And it's providing a service for the community. What's your greatest learning from all that you've done in the past to where you are today? What would you say it would have been? That's an interesting question. I think as we were talking before we started, probably the greatest learning is to be always learning. If I think I know everything, I don't know anything. But if I'm willing to learn more, I can improve. And it might be only by 0.1%. But if I'm improving and got an open mind, I'll keep growing. And the other thing too is probably any knowledge that I have, hopefully I can share it with other people as time goes on. Because other people might think they know everything, and just like I might think I know everything. But we can always be learning. And it's being able to share that knowledge with other people yeah, share your wisdom or your advice or you've been through something that you support people is probably the biggest thing, yeah. Mm. And I say the day we stop learning is the day we die because yeah, we Yeah, I have another saying, probably not quite as polite as that, but <laughs> yes. Well, shh. Oh, you can say it if it's not, not too bad. What is it? Is You're it in deep. Poo-poo. When you do <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. It's interesting. What's the biggest thing that you think you've learned to now? What is it that you've learned that you put put you into and you could honestly say it's your superpower? What would that one thing be? 
as we are talking earlier, it's probably the consistency of being the person you are and doing the things you're going to do. If you're going to do something, you follow it through. And I do live by a 20, cent, a 20 letters and 10 word um, sentence. And um, it's that is if it is to be, it is up to me. And we make the decisions about what we do in life, whether they're good or bad. It's our choice. So if I'm going to be successful, I've got to do it. If I'm going to be unsuccessful, I'm going to do it as well. It's like you're, you're always right. If you say you can, you can. If you say you can't, you can't. And that's your choice. It's true. It's so true when you when you think about it because, you know, we do have choices in our life and we either have a good attitude about it or we have a bad attitude. If we have a bad attitude, what happens? If we have a good attitude, we can create amazing things with with what we do in life. We constantly are learning and being who we are so that people can see us as the authentic us, I find is really important. And that's the reason I'm doing this podcast because I want people to talk about who they are and why you do what you do, what you're passionate about, and what you're really, really good at. I was just going to say something there. You said about attitude, and people always ask me how I am. I've got a standard reply. I'm sensational. My eyes are open. And <laughs> I've been married twice, and my first wife and Helen both hate me for one reason. <laughs> the world can be falling in, and things are going wrong. I'll go to bed that night, I'll sleep, and I'll wake up the next morning, fine. And I've learned not to stress about it because when you've got that open mind and you've got a positive attitude, you'll find a solution at some point in time. And it mightn't come to you straight away. It might come a couple of days later or even a week or so later. Uh, I might be talking to Faye and Faye says something to me and we're just chatting about it and she'll give me an answer and that'll solve my problem. And it's about having a positive attitude. And to me, I think we all should have that positive attitude. We live in a great place in the world. I know I live in a great place where I am now. Enjoy every moment. Just enjoy it for what it is. Take it and run with it. Enjoy it. Meet, meet all these people. Meet people like Faye. You know, I never would have thought I was going to talk to her. She's in Melbourne. I'm in north, in central Queensland on the coast. But we're communicating. We're becoming friends. We're forming a relationship. And relationships can take us everywhere. Mm. I want to take you back because of your attitude, your your great attitude. Was that instilled in you as a child growing up on the farm and looking at because you would have gone through floods, droughts, fire, tough times. Your parents must have had really good attitudes to cope and deal with some of that. Yeah, mum and dad did have that attitude of work hard on a farm and they put everything into the farm and they enjoyed life for what they had. We weren't super rich or anything like that. Had the had the basic things, could go out for a meal or do the things we want. But dad loved the land. He lived it there. Um, it was his passion. He was up early, went to bed dark. That's what a farmer does. Mum, she loved us, she supported us, took us to sport and things like that. Unfortunately, Dad didn't get the opportunity because he was always working on the land. 
But yeah, you, you're right. There were tough times when uh, they had fires more so than floods in our area and uh, stock dying and drought. Drought was probably the biggest uh, drama. Mm. And uh, But they managed to get through. They managed to get through. And, yeah, I think of things with Dad on the land, yeah, he enjoyed life. He's just enjoyed it. And I think I probably took that away from them. And have a go. Have a go is probably the simplest thing. Yeah. 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 And, I, I mean, you look at farming, it's not an easy gig at all. And particularly when there's a flood and you're watching all this stuff flow down over your farm, mm. over your fences, you know, massive big logs or whatever it might be. And I've had the, well, I've been fortunate enough to go and be on farms and sh they share with me the experiences they've had. I'm not a farmer, never have been, probably never will be, but I have an appreciation and a respect for the land. And one, one um, farmer said, we're the custodians of the land. We pass it through the generations. So you look after the land so that it can be preserved for the next generation or the next generation or the next generation. And I have great, great respect for that. Yeah, and what you say, having then gone into the Soil Conservation Service and working with landholders from around, you know, various regions around New South Wales, they were the true custodians of the land. They didn't just want to rip, tear and bust and take every dollar out of the land and wreck it so that nothing else could come because that was their income for their life. Yeah. That was the income for their family. That was the future for the family. And they were there to look after it and they wanted to give back as well. And uh, they were down-to-earth people. That's what they really are. They're genuine people. There's no airs or graces about them. Uh, mm. I've seen very rich people in the land, but they're everyday people. And I think yeah. that's something you learn as you go through. Like, that's another thing. Be an everyday person. Be a real person, as you were talking about last week with your business tip. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting because um, I can see where you've actually developed that great attitude about life and serving and all the experiences that you've had that you've brought to where you are today and the systems and the and the connections that you make and the relationships and the friendships that you build constantly and the follow-up I would say is one of your particular superpowers is your follow-up because you have those systems and don't I know it, the system's in place to be able <laughs> to do that. And you and I'm gonna say it, you just like a dog with a bone, you just don't give up. You think now Faye's got to do this. Now I'll send her a message. And if she hasn't done it in a couple of days, I'm gonna send her another message and remind her. And I'm thinking, oh God, I've got to get this done. How am I gonna do it? Okay, right, just bite the bullet. So you know what I'm doing after this, don't you? And <laughs> and you're on Zoom all the time anyway, so come on. <laughs> I know, I know. But what would you say, you know, you send out cards. What got you into sending cards out? What what was it? It's a funny story. The person that showed me the first or gave me something to have a look at, I wasn't interested because I'm, I'm a typical male or I was a typical male in that sense that males don't send cards. My wife would send the immediate cards to um, 
family and friends. And that was it. As far as I was concerned, job done, birthdays, Christmas, whatever it was, and that was it. And then 12 months later, another lady said, I want to show you something. And I said, what is it? And she told me, and I said, oh, I already know about it. I'm not interested. She said, I'll buy you a coffee. And the one thing she said when we had the conversation was that it's about businesses being able to keep top of mind and ma maintain the relationships they have with their customers. And I immediately thought of a friend who was a real estate agent. He subsequently became a customer. And from that point, I under sort of started to understand it. The first time I really appreciated what the value of the system was when my daughter-in-law's dad passed away. And it was 10 o'clock at night and I was in Sydney at my mother-in-law's and I jumped on the computer and sent her a sympathy card. And I was just being able to act on my prompting and just say, hey, I've got to send her a card. And too often we don't act on those promptings and celebrate people or whatever it may be. And from there I've gone on and I understand that everybody needs to be celebrated in some way. Whilst I might, we might be talking about cards, it could be, hey, hey, thank you for the opportunity to give me have a little chat with you, give me an interview with you. It's showing appreciation for people. Everybody likes to be appreciated in some way. And so I'm a huge advocate that we celebrate people no matter where, what, how, why. Find an opportunity to celebrate people. And while we might be joking about you doing those videos and part of what we do at Happy Neighbourhood Project, our attitude is we celebrate the people that come to our event because we want them to be recognised, we want them to be celebrated, we want them to be known by other people, we want them to grow their business, and that's all part of it. That's all mm. part of it. It's all mm. those little things. And yet, whilst the cards may be something I do for business, that's just another part of it. Mm. And it's really nice, I must say, because you don't get it very often these days. I mean, once upon a time you used to send out dozens of Christmas cards to people. That doesn't happen anymore. It's all electronic. But it's really nice to receive a card in the mail. It is. So yeah. you can touch it. It's tangible and you go, oh, wow, you know, because that doesn't happen anymore. It's usually electronic and it's lost a lot of value. I mean, the thought's there, but the, the receiving something that's tangible is much nicer, in my opinion, than getting an electronic card, you know, get, getting a card in the mail. Yeah, getting a real card. It's... Yeah, because you don't get the There's two get sides letters. of it. One, the one, there's two sides to it. Yeah, I enjoy sending cards. And I know something about Faye and I can find something that's appropriate for Faye, her humour, her quirkiness, whatever it may be. I enjoy trying to do that. And on the other side of the coin is I get cards back from other people. And sometimes I just say, wow, that's a cool card. That really put a smile on my face. And that's what we want to do whether we're just meeting each other in a networking group and having a chat we want to put a smile on our face and be memorable be remembered be made feel welcome make feel important and it's as i said the card is just another part of it making people feel important because a lot of the time i find these days there's so much going on in people's lives um focusing on, you know, people watch the news, there's a lot of negativity in the world. So we have to bring some kind of kindness and caring to people's lives so they feel needed or appreciated. 
And that's what life is all about, being appreciated and thanked for what you do. And sometimes it's just taking the time to listen to somebody mm. or hear, the, hear them out, whatever their situation is. And I've just finished the uh, lunchtime event today and I was in one of the mini breakout rooms with one guy and he's actually, first time I've seen a smile on his face and he's not stressed and he's taken a weight off his shoulder because things are starting to happen. And he was a person when he first came along 12 months ago that hated doing videos, hated doing videos, can't do a video, just had no <laughs> idea about doing them. And now, he's now he's talking about doing videos for YouTube. And it's only because we as a group have supported him and talked to him and given him advice and whatever. They're the invaluable things and the intangible things you can't realise that you're actually imparting on somebody. And when you see that person starting to grow as an individual, starting to get some positivity about themselves, get some success for themselves, that's just as rewarding as that person being successful. And Absolutely. What I love to see is people become, grow into who they truly are and be a success in whatever they choose. doesn't matter whether they're employed by somebody or they're actually doing something for themselves, working for themselves. But success is important for everybody. doesn't matter who you are or what you do. I always say people that sweep the streets or pick up the rubbish, there's an art in it. There's You've got to do it right so you don't get injured, but someone's got to do it. So it's a job. And, and success it should be respected. So, so true. And success is not the same for everybody. It's different no. levels. And it could be like that baby took its first walk. First step, it's a, that's a huge success. Yet that person, when it grows up to be an adult, can do so many more things, or it can be per just whatever it may be. As I said, that person I was talking about earlier, from where they've come to where they've gone, it's incredible. And yeah. I can say the same with some people I've seen in Happy Neighbourhood Project as hosts, and I've seen them grow as individuals and develop skills that they didn't think they had. Yeah, and I think that's what I love. That's what I love. Yeah. yeah, I love to see people growing and I love them to realise their true potential, yeah. their superpower. So, yeah. Ian, can you tell me, I think you've got two or three really strong superpowers. What would they be if you thought about them? I think I'm a good listener. I've learnt that as time's gone on. I'm consistent and I... My word is my word. If I say I'm going to do something, I commit myself to doing it and I follow through. And uh, I'm, I'm be, it's probably being genuine is the main thing. What you see is what you get. Mm -hmm. I'm always going to be the same person, have a positive attitude. Um, I, can feel I can feel down like anybody. We all have those moments, no mm -hmm. matter what you say. Oh, I don't want to do this anymore. I've had enough of this. Yeah. <laughs> you step outside. And you say, nah, I'll get this sorted. And I think that's another power of being able to say, hang on, I don't get caught up in the minutiae. I don't get mm -hmm. caught up in the everything that's going on. I'll sit back and watch and listen. And I think that's probably the most important thing I've learned as time has gone on in relationships you know, with my wife, my kids, learn to listen to them, not mm -hmm. tell them all the time that, hey, that's how you should be able to do it. Mm. And probably one of the keys, and it comes back to being a salesperson, the key to being a salesperson to me 
is listening. The more questions you ask, the more answers you get. Well, the more you listen, the more answers you get. Yeah. <laughs> so I How would I say, yeah, I would say your superpowers are listening, consistency, follow up, caring. Yeah, I could put those there. And and as yeah. I said, being genuine. I think you talked about it last week. Is your tip, and I think. If we're all genuine, I don't have to, I can't be Faye Waterman. I can never be Faye Waterman. You I wouldn't want, want to be. I was about to say I don't want to be. <laughs> Faye definitely doesn't want to be Ian Kingwell. But just be the real person and people will accept you for who you are. Absolutely. And, yeah. And if you're genuine as an individual, you'll find your tribe, you'll find the people you want to be with, you'll find the people that resonate with you, and you'll be successful. I really think you will. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think, Anne, one of your attributes is that you've got a great attitude and attitude is one of the best things that we can have is a good attitude in life. Thank you, Thank you so much for your time and keep on keeping on those amazing superpowers that you have and making people feel good about themselves because that's what you do. And thank you, Faye. It's been really appreciated. It's been a pleasure to have a conversation with you. Thanks, Faye. Pleasure's mine. I'm Faye Waterman. This has been What's Your Superpower, the podcast. Bye for now.